Hey everyone, and welcome to Liquid Liner Notes, a podcast that will bring interviews from the beverage and music industries. I'm your host, Danny, aka Hip Hops on Instagram. Today's guest is the first of my recorded interviews. It's someone I pretty much exclusively know through Instagram. She is an entrepreneur who founded the LLC Beer Adjacent, a writer for Porch Drinking and Edible Chicago, a brand manager for Sauced Market, a certified yoga instructor, and maybe most importantly, the purveyor of Rachel's Grill. Rachel Morrison. Yes, that is important. <laughs> Thank you. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to have you on and sort of talk about, I know you have some plans coming up with uh, beer adjacent, but yes. just first, I guess, how did you get into craft beer? Yeah, so um, I, it really started, I used to work um, at Allstate Insurance, um, which was a very, um, great company to work for. Wasn't necessarily a great fit job-wise for me, um, but I met some really great coworkers because I was in a program that was like a, a cohort of people. Um, and one of them was a home brewer and used to do it in college. And I always thought that was so fascinating and asked him um, to homebrew. And finally, I had, like we had talked about it so many times. And he's like, you know what? I'm coming out to the city. He lived in the suburbs. Um, and he's like, we're going to do a homebrew. And I we made you know the first beer. I immediately started a beer blog um, because obviously I was qualified on the top and from there really got in just beyond interested and in not just like the process of making beer but then the industry itself and really the appreciation for craft beer um, and so at the time I had had I had started a Instagram called taco diet um, and I had like grown that to about like a thousand followers and then I was very burnt out from eating like far too many tacos um, and so I just switched the handle and figured like people that like tacos probably also like beer um, and that was right and so I kept growing it kind of in that way with a very similar audience and then that kind of grew um as i became kind of more introduced to the industry was that. that was that more just like taking photos of beer and talking about the tasting notes of it or what has yes yeah i would say it was mostly just yeah pictures of beer talking about them um and then i was like blogging alongside that um just on my own kind of account um which was beer goggles blog was where it all started <laughs> in that name and is that prior to doing any of the beer schooling that you've done that was, yes. So that was the beginning. Um, and so it would have been not too long after that. Um, I, I think a friend of mine had like introduced me to this program at College of DuPage out in the suburbs um, for the business of craft beer. Um, so I participated in that program, which was amazing. And I'm like super grateful I was part of it. But it was such a grind because I was working full-time at the time um, and the program was out in Glen Ellen at the College of DuPage um, and so it was like a couple nights a week I would you know work all day you know commute out to the suburbs it was like a train to a bus to like all these different stops and then I would like crash with my parents because they live in the suburbs um, and then like go back to work the next day so it was kind of wild during the you know time of beer school but it was awesome because it was the first course I took was evaluating beer so basically like that program was intended to make you like a beer judge which I effectively learned I probably wouldn't be that great <laughs> just you because just I don't yeah. pick up. I know, I know they say like certain people can't pick up on certain notes yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like I don't have like as great of a palate as like maybe like, you know, more well-known judges yeah. are. Like I think I can appreciate beer very well and you know, all, I, that, all that good stuff. I feel like I have a decent palate, but yeah. I still like, I see people write about beer and they're like, I'm getting, you know, like white peppercorn. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm oh, like yeah, it's I, peppery. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a Belgian. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. And then, um, so it's, if it's the business of craft beer, was it more geared towards like marketing then or was it? 
everything? Kind of. Yeah, it was a little bit, um, it kind of taught everything from like running a bit like a brewery, right? So it was, there was marketing components. There was like people within the program who were actually starting a brewery. So the founder and owner of Ike and Oak Brewing was actually part of my program, um, which is cool because, you know, someone in there was like very seriously like, I'm doing this program to are, start a brewery. Are they in Springfield? They are in, um, it's right near Seven Bridges, which is um, like... Uh. Suburbs. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's, I'm like blanking on the exact suburb, but not Springfield. Yeah. Yeah. There was Obed and Isaac. That's the one in Springfield. So different eyes. Yes. Um, So that's cool. And then I, I saw that you have listed that you're a Cicerone also. Yes, level one. So that was also kind of oh, part is that of like the serving. Or? Yeah, it's like the. Fr- I, I like to give that clarifier. Like I would like to maybe do more in the program, but I've just done the first one to basically be like, I'm sure I can pass this first level. It's all online. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, and then so you started the Beer Goggles blog. Mm-hmm. You met a lot of people doing that. You were saying, and yeah. then um, I guess how does that expand to? I'm not going to use the term influence, but how does that, how does that like expand to where you are now? Yeah. Yeah. So it, um, mostly I'm just really grateful for it. Like, I think it's one of those things where it's like, it obviously started kind of like as a hobby and it was always something where I was like working and like friends and family. And I feel like everyone around me was like, Oh, do you want to like work in beer full time? And I feel like I was never really sure because I feel like you hear kind of mixed things about it. Like I had, you know, I have a marketing background and I had been, you know, in the workforce for like a decade and kind of worked my way up in different capacities in corporate and tech. Um, and I didn't really see a path in beer outside of just what I had been doing, you know, across the industry. Um, but then I was laid off last November and wasn't entirely sure what my next move was because it wasn't planned for. Um, and I was like especially grateful that I had like side gigs and passions and things that I did outside of my day job um, because it, you know, effectively it's been almost an entire year um, and I've started a business and I have like repeat clients, which is like genuinely shocking to say because it I just didn't necessarily like see where this would go. Yeah. Um, and it's still certainly, you know, new and I'm learning a lot and I've never had my own business, um, but it is really exciting and it's like I love setting my own schedule because I have never someone who really thrived in like a nine to five or like the typical work week like I just get the work done when when it makes sense um, which is really nice yeah and so I know I've heard you say in other podcasts that you wiped all the beer goggles blog stuff yeah Um, but was that were you like writing about because I know with porch drinking which we'll get into but with porch drinking you you were kind of focusing on like new breweries that started yeah but beer goggles blog was that was it more events that you were writing about going to or like what was that? It was, yeah. So I, it truly, it was like Mike Zoller came up to me at an event at Park and Field and he was like, do you want to write for porch drinking? And I like deleted my blog the next day. Like it was very impulsive. Um, So I kind of wish I had saved more just like out of curiosity what it was mostly about. I will say that it was more chaotic. Like it was very much just like whatever it was that I wanted to write about. It was a little bit about homebrews, a little bit about breweries, um, but it certainly wasn't as focused as the work I tended to write about for porch drinking. Um, And I think now, you know, I've like developed my own website and there's a component of that that's still writing. And it's more around like more timely of like what, you know, I'm doing in the moment, whether that is like a beer event or, you know, a brewery or cidery that I'm visiting and whatnot. And were you seeing a lot of feedback from either your blog or porch drinking like 
you know, either face-to-face or online Mm -hmm. or anything like that with people? I think what was really exciting for me, I feel like one, a a few that really stuck out is like I enjoyed doing, covering new brewery openings because it was me getting to meet, you know, new brewers and and new business owners in the neighborhood um, and then really, you know, helping to support them as they were launching their business. And so I've seen like articles I've done for porch drinking, like on people's websites to be like, oh, this is like included in their like press roundup, which is just kind of cool to see. Um, And I feel like it's led to just like people I've stayed in contact with for like being able to work together for future things, which is really awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, And then, so that kind of, so trying to think of like the steps of like everything that you've done, because it's, I feel like you are constantly busy. Yes. But um, (laughs) the, uh, the, the writing and everything sort of like opens your network and that allows you to start doing the events and where did you do the events prior because I know you were doing like the hops and pie or whatever and that was before you started the beer adjacent thing right? it is yeah. yeah I kind of it's funny because I feel like because that was my first event I technically when I like say my start date for beer jason i say that it was pints and pies um just because i'm like well that was like a legitimate thing right i said hops and pies i I was like if you want to do you know hit you know we can do an event uh so so yeah i that was the first event i ever did um with a friend of mine who was um, baked the pies which is awesome um but yeah it i think it definitely helped i would say where i started from an event standpoint was actually through like yoga which was interesting so during like peak pandemic lockdown i was like beyond stressed for breweries during that time frame which I know I mean you know many people were for small businesses in general um and so I started doing virtual beer yoga classes on Instagram um which is like slightly embarrassing like because like it was like going live teaching yoga like supporting this brewery um but it was really fun and it was something where like it was genuinely in the point where people couldn't leave their homes and so there were people from literally like all over tuning in to take the class and then I would basically just provide a link that would go back and like donate towards like the brewery or their fund for their bartenders or people that worked at the breweries yeah was there can you recall some of the specific breweries and were you like going live on their accounts or I was going live on my own um so I know I did um dovetail pilot project I lived right next to pilot project at the time so I know I did one for them um I believe I did one for village tap too because I used to bartend with them um and so I guess it was a combination brewery bars um but I did quite a few it was like weekly every single week I don't think many exceptions (laughs) to that so very cool and um the pints and pies that's at guild row it was at guild row yes and so do uh I guess I don't. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But what's, yeah. what, what's your what's your role with Guild Row, or how did you get connected with them? So I actually, um, I used to be. <laughs> I love giving this example because it's like an one of the more embarrassing facts about myself. But I used to be a Soho House member, um, and during the pandemic, it just like didn't make sense anymore because they were charging members, and they, like you literally couldn't use the club. So I was like, I don't need to be here anymore. Um, and so Guild Row had recently opened up, and I had literally stumbled upon it because I was, I think, probably going to metropolitan they're right near one another um and so i you know asked to take a tour and they um super early on they were trying to get new members and they had basically reached out to me because during the tour i had mentioned my involvement just with the beer community and they basically wanted people to help start and launch their beer program so that was my intro um and then i've basically just been like a really 
heavily involved member um, of the club and I do different events with them. Yeah, when you say club, like I'm not super familiar with them. Yeah, so know, they, they're they a members club and it's primarily a co-working space. Um, okay. But then they also do just like community driven events, some of which are open to the public. Whenever yeah. I host, I try to just keep it open. Um, and then, um, but yeah, co- mostly co-working space. That's cool. And yeah. then... Um, so I mean, people are just working and they can just go get a beer from the bar kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a bar on site and then there's also kind of rotating like pop-up kitchens and different things that they have from a food standpoint as well. That's cool. And yeah. so you were, were you like the one reaching out to breweries to get beer there or were you just telling them this and this would be good? It like- was a bit of a combination, which was kind of fun because I had never really had that role before. I just really liked beer and I wrote yeah. about it at that time. And so I basically helped like land on a menu and then I helped the club get connected with distributors and reps to then like there's there's only three taps at the bar but we like put the first three beers on tap and then since then for a little while I was like updating the menu um for the beer program and so the event I did with them recently I like curated the beer list um and then brought in a chef to kind of partner with that as well yeah and uh the food and everything like that looked good I remember it was very good Yeah, the uh, soy sauce. What was it? What was the egg again? Oh yeah, it was a rooibos tea oh, double tea. egg. Sorry. Yeah. So so good. Yeah, I had reached out to her because I had had a tea hard boiled egg in China before, and I had never seen it in the U.S. So I was like, yeah. "What is that?" <laughs> I just wanted it to make sure. So good. Um, so that's cool. So you're you're still gonna be. I mean, do you have future events planned at Guildrow, or is that kind of something you're just leaving open right now? I'm leaving it kind of intentionally open right now because I um, have a trip coming up in October and so I'll be gone so I can't host any like at least in-person events Um, and then the holidays are tricky I do hope to have something either November or December Um, but then I'm already almost kind of starting to think ahead to next year so I can like ideally plan a schedule where there's more consistent events going on like at different venues different style of events and things of that Mm -hmm. nature and um on top of the Gilroy events, you're also helping with the sauce market? Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, my role is sauce. I'm the brand manager. So primarily I've supported from like a social influencer marketing standpoint um, and then kind of other things here and there as well. Um, and so that's been really exciting because sauce um, effectively works with all these local small businesses like artists makers um, a lot of that's involved in the food and drink space as well um, and then our next market is actually coming up at half acre so i feel like there's been a lot of crossover in the work that i do um, and i actually was like introduced to the brand and the event like the same weekend that i had just lost my job so the timing was really kind of funny um, i met with the owner and i just you know i was kind of just telling everyone at that time because yeah. i was like told that's what you're supposed to do um and she was just like hey like i might need help with sauce like let's stay in contact and we did and then as you know in march of this year i started uh working with the brand which has been a lot of fun yeah right place right time yes um that's really cool and then uh to go i guess i I feel like we're jumping all over the place but (laughs) you also through through beer met a or you reached out to a cidery and so i I wanted to hear you were last time you did a podcast on the drunken uncultured podcast you mentioned that you were going to possibly be doing this and she said yeah like it's on and then yeah how was it amazing and what's the so, name of it sorry before you <laughs> yeah so uh romley cider romley. is the name of the brand um and i what was so funny so and i i it continues to crack me up because i am on at least some press list that i feel like i'm accidentally on and so i'll occasionally get invited to things that feel slightly 
outside of like what makes sense for me to go to, right? And so I was invited to Cider Summit um, and I just historically really wasn't a huge cider fan, didn't know a lot about it, um, but you know, had got invited, had a plus one. And so we went to this event, it was at Navy Pier and this was last February. Um, and there was this like winding line in the venue. Um, and we're kind of like, do we wait in it? Like what, you know, like we're not even big cider people, like we don't. Mm-hmm. And so we had kind of sampled everything else and we're like, you know what, screw it. Like let's stand in this line. Um, and we did. And the reason the line was there is it was this famous cidery from no- Normandy, France. The producer was in town from Normandy. Um, and it was, it like literally changed my mind about cider. It was so unbelievably good. Um, and then just had a chance to talk to you know people from the company they were just really like awesome people and I you know at this point had had many cider samples um and was just feeling very excited about um everything and I basically was like oh you know I'm gonna be in Scotland for a friend's wedding obviously not the same place um but I was like do you guys do tours like is that something you know whatever and they kind of blew it up to be like oh my gosh like you could probably stay on the family farm. You could like do all these things. And so I just got, I was like, screw it. I'm going to make this work. Um, and then I went to Scotland for a friend's wedding. My friend and I went to Paris and I had been like WhatsApp messaging the producer, uh, the cider producer and um rented a car from paris and drove to normandy and visited the cidery um how far of a drive is that so it was supposed to be two hours each way and is it like this might be sound dumb yeah but is it like on the same side of the road or it, it yes like no it is which okay. is good because scotland is not on the same side so thankfully um france was um but it took five hours for me to get there and I think about two-ish hours to get back to Paris, which I returned to at like two, three in the morning that night. Um, so it was a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was like just so many different like things that were just like on my end, like poor planning. Just like, so you what? didn't end up staying? I didn't, which oh, okay. I should. I, I hadn't planned to because like in my mind, oh. it was like I had mapped out. It was like, great, you know, I'll go. I'll get there in the early afternoon. I'll hang out for a little bit. I'll explore a little bit and I'll try to get back to Paris. I think my plan was like nine or 10 or something. Um, and then the day just like totally took a turn. Like traffic could not have been worse. There were all these accidents. Um, I drove to the wrong cidery that had the same name um, first, <laughs> and um, which was the more embarrassing part of that trip. Um, so I had to message the the my contact there and was like, hey, I'll be there in an hour. I am at another cidery with the exact same name. Uh, so that was great. Um, and then I get there and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I've been meaning to say something to them, but it's not the French way or something. Uh, <laughs> so it was just like an excursion. But they spoke English. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. that type like it very, I mean, similar to visiting any other country, I feel like everyone is like very, you know, it's not too much of a barrier. Um, but yeah, it was an incredible experience despite the journey and getting there and the excursion. But um, it was just really cool because it was a like family farm that had been part of the family for a really long time. And it started as really like, you know, a, a traditional farm and then kind of like spun off where they started to sell cider and then kind of other like jam and different things. Mm. Um, but it was just like a like private tour of the entire operation from like where they pick the apples and where they produce the cider and bottle it and it was unbelievable just like such cool experience and so as some as a novice cider drinker i've had me i've had a lot but i don't i I wouldn't say like understand it Mm -hmm. but i prefer it's like my favorite beers are saisons and stuff like this i like the funkier more brett ford uh ciders okay 
uh, what are Normandy ciders like? I mean, are they like, I know some are overly sweet, some are dry, mm-hmm. some are, I mean, they could be anything. Yeah. What's nice is they offered a range of them. So my favorite was like the super dry or like the brute cider, um, but they also did have like sweet variations and they also did um, like liqueurs and they also mm-hmm. had, so they had just like such a range of options. And probably my favorite of all the things was this, um, I'm not going to say like the correct name, but it's basically a jam that they make out of different fruits. And it was like, like I would put that jam on anything. It was the best thing. Like the, I wanted to check my bag on the way home because it was like, it felt wasteful. Like he sent me home with a box of like all this cider, all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm in Paris for two more days. Like this is going to go to waste. But it was like my friend and I like enjoyed some of the cider and jam, but very, very good. That is really cool. Yeah, I yeah we've been my wife and I have been to Paris and nice. we really enjoyed it. It was a good yeah good time. We didn't get down to like Normandy or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's far. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have to ask. So you are a yoga instructor. Yeah, and I said you're certified. You took the 200 hour course. Yes, of course. Yeah, and. So I was talking to my coworker about doing this and mm-hmm. she goes to Zen when I was like, oh, she's a yeah. instructor at Zen. Yeah, yeah. She said to ask you how you do Zen burn and not die. Um, so I teach Zen burn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that is a valid question because I feel like especially when the summer hits, like it is, it's already a heated class. So, so for people that don't know what burn is, hot yoga with weights. Um, and it is like a sauna like it is such a brutal workout it is so challenging like and I feel like it helps like I say it to people in my class I'm like this is a hard class like it doesn't it doesn't really get easier like obviously people get stronger and you get like accustomed to it in a certain capacity but like I've taught and taken this format for 10 years and it is still like an absolutely brutal workout so it is like a valid question but I feel like with that I tell people like we offer bar classes they're a lot less yeah yeah, I'm like they're lower impact and then we have other just so many different formats it's like just a great it's an awesome idea they shouldn't call it zen burn it's such an oxymoron or something yeah it's it's yeah it's so so hard (laughs) that's cool though so yeah you're like staying busy and you're using the yoga in the beverage industry and then yeah. also doing it on the side at an actual studio. Yeah. If anyone wants to follow you and stuff, which, so, uh, as far as just like the beer adjacent stuff goes, yeah. um, you have your tasting notes, which is your email mm-hmm. and, um, uh, just, you want to talk a little bit about what that's like? Yeah. So tasting notes, it's, I'm trying not to harp too much on like me being laid off because I feel like it keeps a lot of things come back to that. Um, But I actually started tasting notes as a weekly newsletter and it was kind of like early on just something like almost like a project for me to do each week. And so I feel like that carried a lot of weight of just like, great, every Friday I'm going to like compile like upcoming like you know, trends going on and events and, you know, different things. Um, and then I very quickly realized as I did start to get busier, which is not challenging for me to do, I was like, all right, let's like make this more realistic and I'll do this on a monthly basis, um, which I also have not been perfect about, but the goal is kind of a monthly newsletter that effectively does a combination of things. So I try to have like one kind of feature story highlighted within tasting notes, which will be just like, it'll basically go back to like a blog, a longer form blog. Um, and then I'll have like best sips, best bites, just like 
things I've had, you know, drank and, and ate in the past month and kind of highlight those things, local brands, businesses, or if I've traveled, I'll include that. Um, and then I'll tend to include like upcoming events as well. So kind of a roundup of sorts. Um, but I try to keep it like hyper local and very current. Um, and then I'm continuing to think about how to evolve that because I feel like it's so quickly, like there's so many newsletters out there. I think there's some really incredible ones. And like, I am still trying to iterate on that to ensure that it's like valuable. I think it's helpful for, brands that I highlight when it's like, oh, like one of the best beers I tried this month, like people are always appreciative of that. Um, But I think there's like, you know, different ways to spin it too. And I think that, um, not that I have experience with an email list, but Mm -hmm. I think that it could be beneficial for you to also use that for clients when you reach out to clients, like that you you have it. Like you have have X amount of emails that you send this weekly newsletter to. It's like that kind of thing. Definitely. can really help. Um, And then for beer adjacent, you mentioned that you have like repeat clients and stuff like Mm -hmm. that what kind of stuff are you doing now yeah. versus like what are you what are you envisioning it to be yeah. later on so right now and kind of since starting with client work it's really been focused around like marketing consulting work so it's been i have a very broad range of of marketing background um i've definitely worked across social media and influencer marketing um and then i've actually done some client work focused around pr which is kind of funny because i never technically worked in that space but it's like i'm so familiar with the industry and have a lot of different contacts that that has actually evolved fairly easily, at least getting started in that space. Um, What I really ultimately would love to not necessarily shift, I think there's like components of it that exist today, but I, I see it more as like, a marketing agency and so the goal would really be like if I'm able to build this business and this brand would be to hire on people that can kind of fill gaps that I have so like I you know can take photos with my phone and like make a TikTok or like do you know like I can use Canva which which yeah it's like you know there's different things like paying attention to trends and whatnot but it's like I would love to hire on like a photographer a videographer a graphic designer and people that like are very specialized in those areas because I feel like those are the things that breweries need most clients um and that's where i'm not like super you know strong at necessarily i'm more on the strategy side um of marketing yeah and it it, yeah it sounds like i mean there's only a handful of breweries i can even think of that have like a large marketing team behind them very few (laughs) yes so um but speaking of one of those we are we are drinking uh super zero by revolution i'll let you if you want to talk about it yeah yeah so um one of the other things i do right now um i'm a brand ambassador with revolution which i recently started doing um so we've been sampling this a lot so it's their new hop water that i think literally was released like today-ish like very very recent um and so yeah it's I like it. It's really, really hoppy and really, really flavorful. I feel yeah. like in the realm of hop waters. Um, but it's nice because I feel like it's just a smart move for Revolution and, and breweries in general to have like something that's their own, not only from a distribution standpoint, but to have like at their tap room that's not just like an overlooked like NA list that's like, yeah. you know, an afterthought that it sometimes can be. It's getting better. But. I feel, yeah, I mean, the NA market is getting better. I feel. Like I'm very hesitant towards it. I feel like the overfruited sours of that okay. market, yeah, tend to come off better to me than like the ales or the mm-hmm. lagers or the IPAs, yeah, anything like that. Um, but I love hop waters. I do like this one. It is really like citrusy, almost yeah. like pithy. Like even when you smell it, yeah, it's like I get like green like fresh yes yeah. It's very. I feel like the from what I've heard is like they really were going for like encompassing the hop flavor and like people that are very big like ipa fans would 
ultimately enjoy this over maybe someone who isn't, you know, a fan of hops. Yeah. And um, so the brand, what you call it again? Sorry. Brand, brand ambassador. ambassador. Yes. Um, I, I saw that you did like a fire game. Like what kind of, what kind of yeah. events have you been doing with them? So it's kind of funny because it, I, I actually applied to a role with Revolution a few months back on the brand side of things. Um, and Doug, the CMO actually reached out and he's like, thanks for applying, like really cool background, which I was like just freaking out that he emailed yeah. me, honestly. I was like, wow. Like, um, yeah, local celebrity. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and it was just cool. So he's like reached out and he's like, hey, if you're interested, we're going to have opportunities with the sales and marketing team um, for more like, you know, event driven type things and brand ambassador stuff. Um, and again, just being kind of like where I met with all the things, I was like, sure, like, you know, like I'll, I'll see if I can squeeze that in, um, which has been challenging because yeah. Revolution, of course, is, you know, they have so many events and they have such a large team of people that are helping to support this effort. Um, but it has been, it's still early, but it's been so fun. Like I worked uh, Bike the Drive this past weekend, um, which was cool because when I worked at Lyft, my previous company, I ran marketing for Divi. So I like love cycling and biking. Um, and those were the type of events I used to work for them. So it was kind of this cool like full circle moment where it's like, it looks a lot different now. Things are still very in flux, um, but it was really fun. Like still being able to be like, I'm here with like this really cool brand that's like really well respected um, and really integrated like within the community, which is cool. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to ask uh, more specifically about that event. So the, the people are riding the bikes. I think you said it was like thirty miles. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, they um, they get off and like, you're just kind of like handing out free hop waters. Correct. Yes, that's that what we of? were doing. So there basically was a beer garden. So like when people finished, they could come in and get tickets for like purchasing beers. And then Revolution also had a presence there where we basically like had this like booth set up and we had free hop water and like swag and stuff for people to grab. And what was what's the like. I guess, I mean, I was going to ask this in general in terms yeah. of like doing an event that's maybe not as beer focused. Yeah. Like maybe it's like the secondary part of it. Mm -hmm. Do you find that there's more of like a education experience you, that you go through with that? Or do you, do you prefer to do events or maybe like the pints and pies where it's kind of some people are there for the pies, some people are mm -hmm. there for the beers? Or do you like, I guess, like what's the difference or how do you feel those develop, I guess? I think it's, I always like, I feel like it's kind of the... Like, I do really appreciate the education side of things. Like, I, I know that that is not for everyone. Um, but I think there is a benefit when it's not just, like, a hyper beer-focused either, like, audience or event itself. Um, I just think that almost, like, I think in my mind, like, I've always been really interested in, like, casting a wider net and reaching a new audience. Like, because I think even, like, as I've become more immersed in, like, the world of beer, I'm like, there are beers that non-beer drinkers would like yeah. um and so and whether that means quite literally like people don't drink um great like there's options for that now too but i think even friends of mine who are like wine drinkers or like vodka soda drinkers like there are beers out there that I, genuinely i believe like for everyone and like maybe mm -hmm. not everyone's gonna like go for that um but i think events that also have that education component there's like that added layer that people also kind of walk away feeling like like i think people are drawn to kind of stuff in the wine space like wine tastings because they feel like they walked away and they learned something and they can then yeah. kind of have this like ooh, i you know i'm like whatever Throw whereas like words around yeah and, and like <laughs> beer i think there's like understandably right because there's like the beer snobs in the industry and people yeah. that almost like try to like keep people out of it but it's it like that's it. never been my like a approach yeah um so the uh but so that's cool i i enjoy like you were saying about people who like wine like my mother-in-law for example she likes like beer beer okay sure I think, like coors light that kind of thing yep but that's gotta be a hot day yeah but, um, <laughs> the uh but i 
turned her on to. We were at Green Bench in St. Pete, Florida, which is my hometown. Okay. And they had a sour that was aged in wine barrels. And oh, she nice. likes wine, yeah. like white wines. And so I like just like those tannic notes to that. Like mm-hmm. I, I love trying if somebody tells me they don't like beer, I yeah. almost like find it as a challenge. Like Same. Just yes. find something yeah. that they can like. Um and then uh, Revolution, you also did the fire game, which I'm a soccer fan, so I'm just curious about. Yes. Is that just like a tailgating kind of thing? It and then- was, and that was probably one of the more fun events I've worked with them as well. So we basically just popped up like within the tailgate, and so there we literally just had like a cooler of free beer and like t-shirts and you know because it's like Revolution's a sponsor of Chicago Fire yeah. and like Hazy Pitch and and all that. So that one was just like really just a great time like I was effectively just hanging out at a tailgate and then we like went to the game after and like that was a paid you know shift uh, so yeah. I feel like it's a pretty cool you know it's a cool gig yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, getting to watch a game afterwards yeah. um that is really cool is there anything else that you I, I do have like a couple of questions at the yeah, very yeah. end but is there anything else that you like wish I would have asked you or Ooh. um anything that uh you got coming up that you want to plug and yeah, where can, where can people find you? That kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think, unfortunately, there's not necessarily, like, specific things coming up in terms of, like, I guess the next event or things of that nature. Um, but I think definitely, like, Beer Jason on Instagram. That's where I would say I still do the majority of all the things. Um, and then um, tasting notes, like, beerjason.com. It'll just be, like, that frustrating pop-up for people to subscribe. I, I wanted to say your, the, your website is pretty... Cool. As someone who doesn't oh, thank you. really make websites or anything, but yeah, yeah. I thought it looked pretty good. So. I appreciate that. I feel like I'm such a perfectionist that I'm like, I need to redo my website. So it's wonderful did, hearing what that. Did you, what did you do it? Like what, uh, whatever. I used um, Squarespace, Squarespace as like the, uh-huh. which is pretty easy, I yeah. will say. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No, I liked, I liked the way it was like laid out and you had the about me and stuff oh, like that. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. So I have some just like rapid fire questions. Sure. Um, so favorite beverage, and this doesn't have to be alcoholic, doesn't have to be beer, mm. doesn't have to be anything. Just favorite beverage. Um, probably like cold brew coffee. <laughs> um, a song that everyone should listen to. Uh, Candle Flame by Jungle. Oh, by Jungle. Okay. I am going to, uh, be making like a playlist of like everyone who tells nice. me the answer for that. And just, yeah. Like, I love that. that. Song there. Um, favorite concert you've ever been to? Ooh. Um, Remy Wolf at Lincoln Hall a few years ago, like before she was slightly bigger. Favorite place you've had a drink? Um, probably Romilly Cider at Normandy because yeah. it was so cool. Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> in France, what else can you yes. ask? Yes. Right, and then last one, what's your guilty pleasure for music? Ooh. Um, shoot. Probably like Third Eye Blind. I still yeah. like well, listen I to mean, them all the time. I mean, let's not... <laughs> Hate no, I, I certainly don't. <laughs> no, there's definitely a time and place for that, like 90s alternative. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love that stuff. Um, well, I know you're very busy, and I wanted to say thank you for making time yeah, thank and coming you. out here and being my first uh, guinea pig for recording. Absolutely. And coming all the way to the northwest side. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'll give you any last chance to say anything you want. No, thank you no. for having me. All right. Very good. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. And until next time, drink some new beer and listen to some new music. Cheers. Cheers.